and all the Lady Gaga fans out there will know that is how Chromatica opens up. Finally, the long-awaited and beautiful album Chromatica has been released, and we are going to talk about it today after about a three-week hiatus as I had to take a mental break while this world continues to burn. But there's still hope because there is Lady Gaga, there is Chromatica. And if anything, Miss Gaga gives us hope. Today on the episode, I will be joined by two huge Gaga fans. They definitely put me to shame. That would be a return of artist and great friend Ms. Mackenzie Merriman. And also for the first time, artist and editor of Paranoia. Mackenzie is also um, involved with Paranoia, the publication, an online multimedia experience. Um, Devin Turchin will be with us as well. So here we go. Hello. Hello. This sounds like this is Mr. Devin Turchon. The one and only. Hello. <laughs> the one and only. Right before you joined me, I just told some folks that you would be joining me for the first time ever, along with well, now a veteran, Mackenzie Merriman. Which yes, I'm so excited. Thank you for having on. me. Absolutely. Well, I, you guys, we're talking about... The sixth studio album of Miss Stephanie Germanata, and I love her, but I do not have her tattooed on my body, and you two do. <laughs> so I got to bring in the experts, and my relationship with, with her is very different than your relationship with her. So how are your first initial thoughts of this album in a whole, and I'm going to start with Devin first. Ooh, this album has me dancing, Mm -hmm. and I have not felt that way in a long time, and I just think there's reasons not to dance, and she's (laughs) challenging everyone to keep moving through all of the pain, and I'm feeling it. I cannot stop moving my body. I cannot stop hearing the earworms in my ears. (laughs) <laughs> I just have been like waking up every day um, with the beat in my heart. And I think she really, she really dug to the bottom of like music magic and brought it to people and said, it's time for you now to own the dance floor and move your body. And it's working. I'm just so, so happy to have new music from her. Absolutely. Miss uh, Merriman. Yes. Thought. Hi, can you hear Hi, me? Okay. Yes. Welcome, Mackenzie. You came on right after Devin. I can hear you wonderfully. Yes. Excellent. Well, um, I do want to shout out Susan Sandberg first for being the third <laughs> member of the Art Pop Tattoo yeah. oh. Club. I'm so sorry, Susan. You also, yes, everyone, I, I, I did not um, explain this correctly. The, the tattoos that are on my friend's bodies, 
is the um is the art pop logo from is that studio album four so it's that's you're asking really great questions because it's <laughs> so hard for me to understand like where LG six comes from because I'm assuming that when people say that they're separating the fame and the fame monster, even though those could be combined, because I think they were initially meant to be one album. Right. And then we have Born This Way. And then we have Art Pop, which is my favorite. Um, And then we have Cheek to Cheek. And then I wonder, do people include A Star is Born, which is one of the best? If if you look at, and believe me, we all know that Wikipedia is also a trail of lies. But <laughs> if you glance at the Wikipedia, it says that Stephanie Germanata has six studio albums, one film soundtrack, one compilation album, which is Cheek to Cheek, and two remix albums. Now, when you, are you thinking that, I'm I'm trying to, figure out the two what they're considering remix albums i am sure there's i don't honestly know what a remix album is even i'm sure there's like a fame monster remix situation out there it's such a 90s term i it's know such an early 90s i mean <laughs> i had a remix album of every artist but it's just dated and not something that we use not something that i feel like she would want well, like, like, and I, def- I definitely stuff. wouldn't include that in a six count. Like, there's obviously there's more than six that would be on my top mm-hmm. list. So <laughs> I don't know that the remix albums would even come into that number. Yeah, I mean, I'm the Fame number one. Mm-hmm. So the Fame Monster, though, where we um the Fame Monster is that the one that we're not quite sure. Exactly. It could be that one or Cheek to Cheek that mm-hmm. is like a non-album, I think. So one of those, I would say, is a contender for not being Regardless, considered. Cheek is a compilation. I, I really believe that. Yeah, because she didn't create the music no. for that. She could have, no. though. She's that talented. <laughs> she might have back in time. Tony Bennett, Tony, if Tony Bennett is approving, um, Italian power. But tell me. Yes. I'm going on a tangent. We do that. Story of my life. Um, um, tell me your initial thoughts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know them. So, but... so art pop is and will always be probably my number one because right. I remember when I first heard that, I was just floored by every single song except for Jewels and Drugs. And, you know, (laughs) I like it because it shows that not everybody's perfect. Um, But Chromatica (laughs) is, in every sense of the word, I think, a perfect album. And I, it like, it grew on me in the way that Joanne did, where Mm -hmm. at first I was like, kind of not sure, but on board for every song. And then eventually it kind of developed like this born this way perfection where every single song is a banger every Mm -hmm. time that a new song begins i am like oh yeah this one yeah (laughs) so um it's it could never replace art pop but in my mind at this moment it is absolutely perfect yeah it's it's um i I hate to say prescient that sounds so (laughs) <laughs> but 
is she psychic? I mean, I know she's not. Gaga, up to this point in these last couple months, has, well, she, I mean, she helped put together the concert for the world, mm-hmm. uh, for internationally, you know, bringing together artists um, and contributing to, like, funding for COVID-19. Just this last Saturday, and it was, she had one segment taped, but she, she, she scrapped that and she retaped a different segment for the 2020 graduates. Um, and it was really a beautiful call to action. It's available on YouTube. I highly recommend people check that out. Um, it's beautiful because she's so eloquent without being, uh, what is she? This is just a star who is out of, out of touch. We've all mm-hmm. seen these people, you know, the ones during COVID laying in a Malibu pool talking about just hang out with your family. Mm, She's mm -hmm. this album to me, because it took me a few times listening to it and it's deceptive because it's such a beautiful return and celebration of house music and electronica and EDM. But the gift of it, is you have Gaga's lyrics and you have Gaga's voice, which is filled with passion. Mm -hmm. And at times it's not. At times she puts on a real electronic tone in a way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's not many artists. I I think, I always think of Bjork. Bjork has that power too. And because her music is so electronic and house, but it's so emotional. Mm -hmm. You, You cannot not feel something. And I was so, I hate to say proud, but so Im- impressed by this album on all mm-hmm. the different levels. Because if you just, he- it's not just house music, it's great dance music. People are going to be like, we finally have our dance gaga back. Mm-hmm. You know, she did the soundtracky thing. She did the cheek to cheek. She did the alt country with Joanne, which I've loved all of those. These are all just different layers of her um but i was pretty i've been pretty blown away with this entire just even the way it begins i i open up this podcast and it begins with you know she has i believe chromatica one two and three which are vignettes that separate the album of um string compilations Mm -hmm. it's gorgeous and kind of unexpected but it's Mm -hmm. transporting you to another planet this, this planet that mm-hmm. god we all want to go to this planet yeah. do we not and i think her, i think the prescient nature of what she writes is because she's so clued in she's listening constantly and she's plugged in and she does care about her fans and it's not in a wishy-washy way it's more in a meditative way where she's like really listening and grounded and then when she produces something i think it seems almost psychic cuz it's like born of this ancient wisdom from the ground up kind of knowledge that makes it seem like she knows everything because she kind of does. And she simplifies the world into like just human beings and the way that we feel. And yeah. It feels good to listen and to And I think this, this album, Teresa, like you really hit the nail on the head where it's, it is dance Gaga, but after the transformative, like last, you know, five six years of her career she's revisiting an old practice for her but um 
she's still addressing her fans and like in concert she's always like this is for you and for no one else like this is for the fans and the lyrics in this album like the music there's so many memes out there about how the music is so fun and the lyrics are so sad and I think she's really addressing the people who listen to her music in this Mm -hmm. album to say I don't even know who I am anymore. My mind and my body are separate from each other. This, like, you love the paparazzi, you love the fame, but it's literally hurting me. And, I, like, it, it breaks my heart that she f- sounds so tortured in this album. But oh, it yeah, shows <laughs> us that even Lady Gaga, like, it humanizes her in a way. And, like, it comes at such a perfect time to be so, in, like, going through so much turmoil, but still having, like, a bumping dance track in the back. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like the, it's a tragic but beautiful juxtaposition, which is exactly the album that we need right now. Cur- yes. And, I mean, it's been 12 years since the fame you know it's it's hard to it's hard to believe that the same in a way the same person who wanted you to ride on that disco stick Mm -hmm. (laughs) is the same person that you know is talking about you're the monsters of my torture and replay Mm -hmm. I mean but it is I mean fun tonight I feel like is a response to paparazzi you know what I mean? In a very, it's almost like, well, I'm here now. I've been living with this for 12 years. Mm-hmm. It's not the same for me. And other people are taking, other people love it a lot more than I do. And I'm essentially suffering for my art at all times. Yeah. So don't well, forget speaking, that. Speaking of being like psychic, it's like, I think when she was that young, she was just responding to the icons of pop. Marilyn Monroe has been a huge symbol in her music all the time. Mm-hmm. And she's even responding to people like Madonna. And she's saying, like, you're going to do this to me with paparazzi. She killed herself on a stage in front of the world. Right. At, like, her first debut, basically. Like, her global kind of coming out party. And she was like, you're going to do this to me. I know you are. And now she's kind of looking back and being like, you're doing that thing to me that I called you out for doing before you even did it. Right. So it's kind of mm-hmm. amazing to hear how the pain actually feels, even though she knew it was coming, there was no way to avoid the machine of record labels. And I mean, she wanted the fame, but she knew it was going to come with this price tag. And now I think she's addressing it head on and saying like, are you really with me? Because I wasn't just here to make pop music. I was here to disassemble this pattern that has been going on for so long. Right. And I mean, I think a, another thing that is important to think about, I mean, she w- to me, she was a girl. I mean, she was a woman. She was in her 20s, but she was very much... So young. <laughs> so, so young. young. Yeah. So mm-hmm. young. And I felt very much and I think it's a trapping of what happens to a lot of younger pop stars um and I hate to even put that label on her because she's so much bigger than that of I gotta please a zillion people with Mm -hmm. this first album they want me in this box in this box okay I will do this Mm -hmm. I mean it wasn't until I'll be quite honest I mean I like I like that first album but it wasn't until I saw her live 
Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't seen her live like you guys have. I've seen her. You guys have seen her in concert and I have not done that. But I've seen her, you know, like live performances that I was like, mm-hmm. what the hell is this? Yeah. This is Specifically, not- the Sound of Music performance just blew people away. They were like, oh, she can do anything because she's really talented. Right. And I mean, they... I always laughed at that, though, because even prior to that, she was, mm-hmm. I mean, she might have been wearing an outfit made of bubbles, but she was <laughs> sitting on a grand piano mm-hmm. opening up with something from Beethoven yeah. mm-hmm. and moving into pop and a, like a beautiful version of paparazzi. I'm like, do you all hear this? Right. Because <laughs> this ain't your regular shit right now. Mm-hmm. And also there's like the highest end fashion designers and people like Elton John and literally just icons of like pop movement like recognized her immediately. And, mm-hmm. and I think they were like, Early. oh, she she's not fucking around. Like and and that i mean honestly she knew what she was doing we've watched like early interviews of her like on the today show where like these people expect her or like good morning america where these people expect her to um be a certain way or there's like a bit of condescension and like talking to this 20 year old pop star who goes by lady gaga how funny and she like plays the game but like in such a smart way that it's like she she's already better at her job than you are at yours like 20 years (laughs) of your career and she's writing songs about like you know disco stick which not to put down the disco stick that is like some of the best theater that's ever been conceived in our time so well, and to me, it was always like a, a wink and a nod. I mean, she was mm-hmm. Lady Gaga, but this was also her salute to gay and queer culture, to, you know, ballroom, mm-hmm. that culture. She's always been connected and with that audience as well. And she was always going to, and she has continued to bring in that audience, that um, group of people, that group of collaborators especially on her image side, her house mm-hmm. of Gaga, her artistic creators of what Gaga is. I mean, I am personally very happy that she doesn't, doesn't feel that she has to be in a, a you know, a float mm-hmm. whenever she makes an appearance. Cause I do think that mm-hmm. had to have been, that had to have been exhausting. I mean, I loved it, but I was like, I mean, yeah, to show up like a big spider <laughs> when it's like, and I think that confused people for a while. And I'm like, but this is nothing. This is just, this is like the gravy on our red yeah, delicious the mashed smoke potatoes. And mirrors. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So okay, let's let's get into this album a bit. Yes. Now. Yes, please. <laughs> Now, what did what were your thoughts? At first, I was like, "Oh, this is pretty much on point with Alice." Which Alice is, <laughs> I mean, but she starts off by saying, "I, I ain't your Alice." I, you know, but uh, it mm-hmm. is not. That. This song has totally grown on me, and the moment mm-hmm. that I understood that I love this song is when I looked up the lyrics or figured out what she was actually saying because like one of my favorite things about Gaga is like she's not afraid to be like corny or weird like she there's 
there's this high art to what she does, but it's like not pretentious. So she no. can literally go, my name is Atalas. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck are you saying? It's like, amazing though. She I didn't know words her. in a way that like you, you can hear what you want in what she's saying or you don't understand. And, and it's just like an example of her saying, this is what I'm going to say, and it's going to fit whether you think it will or not. So mm-hmm. I hope you're ready to try and figure out why. My So that song, I mean, I love the way that the beginning of the album just like hits you because mm-hmm. um, like starting with the Chromatica one, which is used in a lot of promo, it's the beginning of the stupid love music video so like we've heard this before and we know that there's two more coming and then we get into alice which is a new song very bizarre um and i freaking love it and then we get back to back the hits that we know and love and then another um new song with free woman so by the time you're on to like free woman you're you're on board you are on that spaceship rocketing Mm -hmm. towards chromatica Yes, mm-hmm. and I don't want to get off of that spaceship. <laughs> I'm going to live there. I want to learn mm-hmm. from the people in Chromatica. I mean, mm-hmm. if you watched the Stupid Love video, which I've watched about 20 times, maybe. Yeah. It's <laughs> fascinating. It's so good. It's and not- she's she's saying, like, not only is this a different planet, but in a way it's like the planet we already live on and we're at odds with each other and we can dance together. Honestly, even through this like horrible battle, like there needs to be this kind of driving beat. And I think like all of us wishing we lived there, I think she's also telling us like, you already do and we're going to party. And you know what? Big ups to Gaga and people need to get on this train a little faster. That video features many people of color and we're not all talking size zero we're talking bigger boys bigger girls i love Mm -hmm. that i love that and you know for years the music industry and like producers would rail against that you know it's like that horrible performance thing of everybody has to look you know a certain way you don't even they're everyone's so fierce it's seamless it's it took me a couple times. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's people of all sizes and mm-hmm. all colors moving mm-hmm. fiercely in this video. Yeah. And I, you don't see that shit. And I love that really excited me. That really yeah, excited me. That, that's a good And point. I love how like the video kind of mimics the perfect illusion. Um, video where yeah. it's like yeah. just chaos in the middle of the desert but like mm-hmm. in the way that Perfect Illusion is like a sad love song really uh, Stupid Love is like the flip side of that coin where it's like yeah this is fucking stupid let's have a good time <laughs> it's just so yeah. tiny and fierce and and it's like we've all been waiting for Pop Gaga to return like she's been wearing pink cowboy hats and like you know, <laughs> giant share wigs for years and that and now and then like her whole red carpet thing, like we've been dying for some big like oh my God. plastic shoulder pads and like mm-hmm. an outfit covered in bows and it's like like we get to <laughs> taste that sweet, sweet candy again. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so true. That is the candy that we have been missing. Mm-hmm. And she came out, came out big with it. We were getting little hints of it. If you were able to see any clips from Enigma, which I felt like she was, you know, definitely that concert previewing what was to come. Um, but I don't think, I don't, I don't understand how she can create something that, that is so, it feels completely new, but it doesn't feel completely new. Yeah. It feels like you've known it your entire life or something like upon the third or fourth listen, you're like, has this song been out forever? And there's, you know, there's parts of stupid love that remind me of born this way, Mm -hmm. that beat Mm -hmm. that. um, And I mean, I think what, surprise i don't know if it really surprised me the most with um pairing them together i would have never thought of um pairing um ariana grande and madonna together madonna my, my god did i just say it i'm gonna I sue it. you i know i'm gonna get struck <laughs> down by gaga by gaga if she just heard me um lady gaga and ariana together but what a interesting mix of I forget who was saying it to me, Two but voices. it's like, I, I forget who said this, but it was basically like categorizing people who make their own music. Mm-hmm. And like, there aren't very many who just front to back yeah. are, you know, doing their entire album pretty much by themselves. And I think she really respects the knowledge that Ariana brings to For things. Sure. And I think that she also relates on this, like Ariana could be a Barbie if she chose to just let that happen, but she's continued to be more than that. And it's almost like Gaga's like welcoming her onto the planet and like Elton's already been there. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, you might not think of Ariana, like we're saying, but I invite her and she, she belongs here too. And she's done the work. So it's like a genius PR move, honestly. Like, I feel like we have mm-hmm. to acknowledge that some of these things are like the oh, album totally. company pulling strings, but Gaga and Ariana honestly go so, so well together in the sense that they write their own music. Everything they put out there has themselves embedded in mm-hmm. all of it. And mm-hmm. they've cultivated this look that millions of people have attached to and I'm sure they Mm -hmm. go through a lot of the same issues that Gaga writes about in Chromatica of like the people want something and so much of it is my body and the things that come from my mind and like where's the distinction there and and they've both been through some uh, like a lot of suffering and I'm, I'm sure like a lot of isolation that comes with the fame and I, I feel like it's probably so rare for either of them to find another woman in their fields that can really like understand what it's like to go through all of that. So I think not just like they made, I might argue the best song on the album, but they also, I think were able to find a connection in each other that is going to be there forever. Even if we don't get another song out of them, but I think we should, mm-hmm. I want to get Ariana Grande, like, in the plastic doll video so bad. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind. Listen, I get excited whenever I see Ariana Grande's hair down from the ponytail. I mean, to me, <laughs> that alone made me happy because mm-hmm. I forgot 
that she could let that hair down and that made me happy. And Ariana Grande, I mean, they do definitely, they, they both have some extremely traumatic, I mean, Ariana's even younger and mm-hmm. she's had some whoppers of some trauma that has happened in her just for the last four years of her mm-hmm. life, um, which I think for any artist to have to process the death of someone, tragic death of someone that you loved who left this world way too, way too quickly with Mac Miller, the Manchester shooting. Um, I think that's, that's a lot. It's a lot for anyone. And for an artist that young, a a girl that was a, I believe she was a Disney kid. She was a Disney kid, Mm -hmm. wasn't she? Yeah. She She was. was? Oh my God. How do I know that? I've never, I've never. <laughs> you are the pop culture perception. I, I have never seen that I show. unfortunately I just... have seen a lot of that show because I was <laughs> babysitting it. Is Bella Thorne on that I, show? Now you're losing me. I don't know. It's a really bad show. Um, it's It takes like every Disney stereotype of human and it puts it all in one show with like a really bad laugh track. <laughs> it's. <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah, come she so really far has. I really I gotta start somewhere well I know Victoria Justice is in it because it's named after her character so her character I always, is her real name I don't I, I've never watched the show I just know Victoria's and that the character of Victoria the actress Victoria Justice who looks like a lot of other beautiful brunette actresses mm-hmm. is in it and I am sure Bella Thorne before she became the Bella Thorne that she is today. Here's a question. Who's Bella Thorne? Bella Thorne. Bella Thorne is almost more of a... Is she in Twilight? Bella Thorne was not in Twilight. (laughs) Bella Thorne was in... God, I'm trying... Well, she was in... Which I watched one episode of. Like the MTV did the Scream series. She was in that. Um, she was also in. I'm and the reason as she was in Assassination Nation. The reason why I bring that up is um, it wasn't a great movie, but it's the same guy who did the TV um, the TV series Euphoria on oh. HBO, which is great. So it's the pre Euphoria. She's very, you know, she's real pretty. She's very outspoken. I'm. She's a. She's. I'm on her Wikipedia, and she was not in Victorious. She was in Shake It Up, and also (laughs) Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip. Oh, oh Lord! So good. Good for her. I'm sure she's making more money than I literally ever will. Oh my God! Oh, I thought it said her birthday (laughs) was uh, December eighth, but it's October eighth. So I'm wrong. Yeah, but she's yeah she she's of the same area and time period of uh Ari you know it's well yeah it's gotta it's gotta be difficult I you know I I can't imagine I can't imagine trying to I think I think these Disney kids are faring better now than perhaps the the struggles of the (laughs) Disney and the Nick kids in the 90s yeah I mean except for Ryan Gosling who I feel like is the only one that came out of that unscathed somehow so he has some type of Canadian power. I don't know. Um, again, I've, I'm on a tangent. <laughs> have you guys, 
what are your thoughts about fun tonight? And do you all know the rumors about what they think this song is about with her, her actually coming out and saying what it's about? I, I don't know. I know. I love the song. You know what? It, it sounds like to me, it's about your awful fun sucking partners that just won't let you breathe. Yeah. But I don't know the rumors about what it's really about. I haven't heard that. So if you guys recall when she did the, it was around the time she did the, well, he was not in it. Cause I think they got together sometime within it sometime afterwards, but um, around five foot two, at least they were together during the Super Bowl performance, but she had started dating I believe he was like a super agent, like a CAA agent, which it's always scary when the when these artists start dating agents. Yeah. Um, she was with <laughs> that Christian Carino that she was in yeah. to. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to the rumors and whatnot, um, he apparently was constantly pushing her to be, you know, surpassing her personal limits of wanting to be out there and doing things more and more and mm. more. And really he was the one enjoying being out, Riding getting the attention yeah. and what have you. And mm-hmm. her friends, her those close to her were apparently not so fond of him. I mean, we all know that it's got to be tough being Gaga and trying to find yeah. a partner. I mean, I can't imagine Yeah, and I think like a lot of us, I mean, she's like grown up with us at this point. We've all seen it happen like in front of our eyes as we've gone through our own relationships. And obviously none of us can imagine what the layer that she's experiencing on top of what we're experiencing could be like because of the mass fame. But I think it is really humanizing to see her just struggle for a stupid love and not she like she's not trying to make an unhuman relationship. She's just trying to have a guy in her life that respects her and loves her on the human level. And there's just always this temptation to be dating Lady Gaga, the pop star. And she's just searching for someone over and over again, like we all are. It's like, I don't want you to date the person that I put out there as a front to the entire world. When I'm at home alone, I want to be able to connect with you on this really intimate level that she's clearly capable of. We know that because of her beautiful music. And it's just like so painful to watch her struggle and just like beg for that love because she really did sacrifice it for the fame, which is what she's always been saying. But now I think reality is hitting her like, but now I just want someone to be with and hold my hand and it seems like she's with someone cool right now i'm so curious Teresa, if you had any insight on if she's still with that salt and pepper boat cutie they were seen last week right yes she seems to she seems to be what i would like to call a serial monogamous (laughs) well you can't Mm -hmm. you gotta be like I feel like if anybody's right. getting close enough to kiss those lips, she's going to be like, okay, also, <laughs> you're going to see me once every four months, and it's going to be pretty stressful. Are you in or are you out? <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. Yeah. And she talks about that. Um, if anyone has, out there listening to this has not seen the Gaga documentary on Netflix, Five Foot Two, just watch it tonight. 
just want to mm-hmm. carve out some yeah. time. It's worth every minute. It's wonderful. You'll see a raw, sad, sad person. Very um, honest. It's something mm-hmm. I've always respected about her that she is she is fine in a very non-performative way to take the gloss off. Mm-hmm. Which um, I hate to bring her up. I hate to bring her up, but if you do, you gotta do it. But if you did bring, if you think about 1989's "Truth or Dare" with Madonna, which people have talked about, that was the closest, at least at that time, of a real Madonna. You were. What is "Truth or Dare"? It was "Truth or Dare" is a 1989 documentary about Madonna and the making of the Blonde Ambition Mm. Tour. The Blonde Ambition Tour is the very famous one where she wore Jean-Paul Gaultier and she had the big ponytail. Mm -hmm. Pointy boobs? um, Probably. Pointy Mm -hmm. boobs. All, yeah, all Jean-Paul Gaultier. And it's a lot about her relationship with her dancers and kind of the mother role she plays in it. And um, in it, she's dating Warren Beatty. He's in it for a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's not, but it it doesn't portray her <laughs> in an attractive way <laughs> because Madonna's hard to love. <laughs> um, we all know that. And, um, but it's the most honest you're going to ever see her in anything because she's so closed off, I believe. Um, and I feel like everything she does now is very per- per- performative, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um She's just always been posed for a magazine article or for a music video. Like, she's just never... I mean, I don't know that she's ever been allowed out of that. And I think Gaga calls to Madonna like a siren. Like, come be really vulnerable and honest as, like, a movement of women just being Has Madonna, like, ever been, like, one for her fans? Like, I know people fucking love her, but is there, like, a... She'll, like, pop up at the Stonewall famously last year or the year before at Pride and just, like, kind of do these, like, fan-based things, I think. Yes, I think you saw a lot of it. I'll be quite honest. You saw a lot of it in the um, Around Erotica, Mm -hmm. a mid-'90s time, because she's always been very, very... um, She has always been very generous with the queer community, and she's always been very close to that art community Mm -hmm. i mean you know she was Mm -hmm. she dated basquiat for fuck's sake you know what i mean she Mm -hmm. and you know you have to remember that she was she's old enough to have watched so many of these artists great friends of hers die in the early 80s from aids Mm -hmm. so she comes at things in a different perspective um but still i don't it's not the same it's not the same adoration. She said a few things during this last Madame X concert that I have would come to task with her on if I could have a one-on-one conversation with her. <laughs> She's gonna be yeah, I would the love PCP to watch special. That. We would fight, and you know I love her, but bitch pissed me off many times during this. Um, you know, you just can't. You can't charge that level of a ticket and show up three hours late every single night. You just mm-hmm. can't do that to people. You know, but it's yeah. not, she will never have that same level of, of vulnerability of Gaga. I never thought when we were first introduced to Gaga 12 years ago 
that she would that she was that artist that she was this artist that was going to let us in mm-hmm. so much um because i was like oh she's a polished penny i mm-hmm. mean i remember seeing like the telephone video i'm like um is she perfect right you know what i mean <laughs> it was like she's mm-hmm. a perfect performer and then yeah. but then a couple of years later i saw mary the night and my mind was absolutely yeah. blown because that's a to me it's an it's one of my favorite songs and one of my favorite pieces of art yeah. video wise um because it talks a lot about her trauma her you know her journey as an artist the madness of all of it her you know is there addiction themes is in there? Is there trauma? It's all in there. Mm-hmm. And um, I think she said in an interview, it was a lot she had to delve into from her early days when she was like at clubs and she had, mm-hmm. you know, people from her own school, like her school wanting her to fail. You know, mm-hmm. you think about that too, that with Gaga's past, which you guys probably know, you know, she had people that, you know, she grew up with that were like hoping she failed at every turn, mm-hmm. you know, making fun of her, essentially her earnestness, her, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things, which I think that stays with you no matter what. I think mm-hmm. she's a feeling human being yeah. that doesn't have this backbone of armor. She does not have that thing that I would say a Madonna has, which no, Madonna, I think she's very yeah, much Madonna is very good at compartmentalizing many things in her life to the mm-hmm. point of stoicism. Mm-hmm. Um, Gaga's almost modeling for a person how to acknowledge that there's been a crowd of people rooting against you and not carrying it through with you into bitterness and how to break that apart and still be able to breathe and live and dance. And she's modeling that. I think she very much thinks of herself as like a sacrificial lamb of like this fake Barbie person that not, you. no one can be that. And I, you know, Madonna's hurting inside from not letting some of that go into the public and it seems to be causing her different levels of stress at different points a stress that she's not going to admit to but right um it certainly doesn't come off as a warmness (laughs) a welcome a welcome heart the only time Mm -hmm. i've ever seen honestly the only time i've truly ever seen madonna appear warm was when she, right after she had that baby, her first baby, Mm -hmm. was Ray of Light. Mm -hmm. That was the most vulnerable you ever saw Madonna. She was hanging out with Rosie O'Donnell a lot. It was three times. (laughs) And Rosie O'Donnell is the only person who's ever been able to, like, make fun of her to her face. That's true. That's true. She's, like, pretty much, like, get off your high horse, take off your pointy bra, shut up. She 
Gaga. You're kind of, you're kind of like the electronica the of that music. Work through something. <laughs> Mackenzie, you just went into full robotic yeah. electronica mode. I mean, it was pretty amazing. I did. Yeah, that was. No, am, I still it robot? Was like the, the am I still a robot? The part of plastic doll. <laughs> Sick and tired of waking up. You were like, she's really. It was great. Um, but basically, I think like for artists to see Gaga as somebody who can like mm-hmm. work through something and like, like we see mm-hmm. kind of her messy process, and it's still in so many ways so perfect because she's just genuine. She doesn't like pretend like she has it all figured out. She just has like a vision and a concept, and it's mm-hmm. so it's so inspiring and also rare for an artist to be so high concept and like so so specific about the message that they're saying while still being like personable yeah she's like the, to us um because yeah, i think she shows exactly that anybody right. can do it anybody mm-hmm. can be the exactly. lady gaga of what they yeah do. she's got this freedom and structure type of mantra it seems like where it's like as long as i've got this structure a pattern of what i do like i love that montage of her promoting a star is born with the there can be 99 people in a room because <laughs> it's like she came up with one <laughs> i love watching that back-to-back video it's so ridiculous <laughs> but it's like she came up with like one phrase and she's like I'm just going to say this one thing over and over and it's going to become obvious over time. But in the moment you're going to hear it and it's going to be genuine. And I just, I don't know. I think it's such a hack on publicity when she does things like that. She understands oh, the meme. Yes. <laughs> of it all. So she can play the meme. A little bit to the nine one one song. Oh, Mackenzie's and favorite. How, I, it's <laughs> one of my listens. <laughs> and I did not know it was an ode to her anti-psychotic drug. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that only mm-hmm. the Gaga can go. No, what I'm going to Which she about. clarifies is neither an opioid nor the other one that's really bad. She's like, I have really good doctors who are keeping me level without becoming a drug addict. So I think that that's mm-hmm. really cool of her to speak out about. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the moment people found out about it, you know, they were going to be like, uh-oh. Oh, now she's a popper. Yeah, I mean, she's like, no, I just smoke <laughs> well, a lot of weed. Well, that used to be her. Um, I forget what concert it was that she was that she was saying that she would perform, get off the stage, she'd be all wired, and she would be writing music for the next album, just smoking weed and just. It might have been the fame because she wrote. Uh, Judas in the Cleveland yeah. parking lot, which she announced then at the next. Oh, it was yeah, you she and wrote I. You and I. Why aren't she wrote we you in and the I name in or in the yeah. song except for the Cleveland edition? <laughs> because <laughs> wasn't as conceptual. I understand. No. <laughs> okay, it's not okay. about it's not about us. Um, but no, I think it was her preparing, like her writing um, "Born This Way." She was like on tour and writing "Born This Way," like which is insane. <laughs> I mean, I just, I was like singing along, singing along to it, not understanding anything that she was talking about at first. And then I was kind of like, what is this song about? I'm like, that's fascinating. It's such a good, like, she's such a weird pop artist. It's just never, like, she'll never go out of form because she has no form. Like anything she does, I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. And I want to dance to it. I mean, 
even though she does not come in, it takes us like a minute and 35 seconds to hear her come in during Sour Candy. I'm all about it. I never thought Mm -hmm. I'd do And I'll be honest, I do not know any other songs by K-pop artist Blackpink. Do y'all? Because I... No. I don't know jack shit about... They're relatively new, am I right? K-pop. To us, maybe, to the Americas. Yeah, because it seems like the story she was telling, I don't know where I heard it, but it just seemed like they're kind of, like, fresh to the whole world, and she kind of, like, helped them get an even bigger lift so yeah I need to look more into them I would love to and it definitely could come off I always get worried about this where obviously K-pop has exploded here with like BTS especially in the Mm -hmm. last couple years and it could definitely come off as pandering with okay she's just she's been pushed to partner with you know a K-pop group to get in to get in this audience of this different demographic i really mm-hmm. don't give a damn i i hope that's the case if you, if you have mm-hmm. if you get new people that would annoy me with most artists but it is such a fucking bop i mean are you ki- that song and it's like right after plastic doll and that plastic <laughs> dominance like don't yeah. play with me unwrap me up i'm like what? <laughs> and I know it's not a next, but that unwrapped me up. I'm like, what? I know. I will say when it first, so when that song, okay, so first of all, when that song dropped, it was like a like a bucket of water <laughs> in the face first thing in the morning. Devin texted me a screenshot of the song and he's like, what am I looking at? And I genuinely was like jaw dropped. I was like, I literally do not know what it is that we are all looking at right now other than maybe she accidentally like released a song. Yeah. I don't know. And then I listened to it and I was like, okay, Gaga, what's going on here? You know, I like weird things, but what's going on here? And then hearing it like in the greater context yeah. of the full album, I'm just like, do that again for me, Mackenzie. I mean, it is killing me. The worst part about this fucking album is this is made to dance with many people mm, in a yes. club. And I mean in a club. A tight club. A sweaty, sweaty, sweaty. spitting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Crying. It's like the club you go to after like yes. the shift from <laughs> yeah. hell. You know? And you're like, I, I almost strangled a customer tonight <laughs> so I'm gonna go and ignore my boyfriend and I'm gonna dance with my ass out. And, and I mean, I want to do that. I mean, the I, I mean, the room I'm in right now is definitely plastic doll pink. But it's not the same all alone mm-hmm. with me and Dexter. It's upsetting, if anything. Who's being very quiet today, by the way. Yeah, I don't know what's How going on. I, I hope he's alive. <laughs> he's, he's listening. He's waiting for I, the moment for him to chime in. He'll probably have something I mean, to say about yeah, that. True. He's very, he's very <laughs> angry that I'm in the pink room because he can't get in here without... No, there's, he's he's not he has to be in here with my permission. Because he peed on a brand new pink rug. Access <laughs> denied. denied at all entry points into this realm. It is my one solace. 
It's... Welcome to 2020, yeah. There are rules <laughs> and there are repercussions for your actions. Yes. So, I mean, he doesn't learn anything because he can't remember because he is a dog. With a tiny brain. <laughs> no. He doesn't speak God, English. One day. Hand to heaven. One day you'll have an aneurysm because he says, Mommy, yep. can I please and have that some British, money? He will be British. I want him to sound like Steve Coogan. I've thought about it often. <laughs> and I will be dead. I will die immediately. And you guys will know. You guys... We'll know why. Yeah, we'll be like, oh, Dexter must have spoken. Mm-hmm. When you eulogize, yeah, when you eulogize me, we know what and you're holding on to Dexter oh. in his suit. Or a veil, oh, yeah. a black veil. Yeah, we'll all be in black veils. Just blame it on him. Because he'll be the one who killed me. He can give the eulogy. <laughs> in a Steve Coogan voice. <laughs> exactly. And then we'll all die. Well, we'll all have a dance party in your name to this album. So, what I do love about this album, too, there is a lot of house. But Gaga mm-hmm. will not let go of that saxophone. And it makes me happy. <laughs> no, she's Brian like, um, I think hands. we need a little sax in here. And I'm- is, that, is that Brian Newman on the sax? <laughs> Brian Ladies Newman. and gentlemen. <laughs> she loves the I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm like... She brought it back. She said, listen, you know what we haven't heard in a while? Saxophone. And you know who's going to bring it back? And she's like, I need it strong on Enigma. (laughs) Yeah. Because if you think of every single album, she's got some song with saxes front and center. Yeah, It's very, like, downtown New York. I think she's just always dancing down the streets of the village. With a sax. A sax behind her. Yeah, there's always just like everyone's playing for her. Oh, what yes. was it? Edge of Glory. Lots of sax. Okay. That and Ooh, um, I even think hair has sax in it. Yeah, Wee! it's got that part. You know, you, wanna, you know what I'm speaking of. <laughs> you know what I'm singing. You know that horn on your body. Is it, it saxophone is a horn? <laughs> yes. Think of... A reed horn. I I know everybody thinks trumpet when we say horn. Right. I mean, sax. It is a woodwind instrument. Sax. Saxophone. Speaking of sax, not to interrupt, I'm going to do a quick digression. I could not sleep the other night, and I turned on the first episode of 21 Jump Street from the 80s. Okay, the reason why was because I was thinking about Johnny Depp. (laughs) But... I don't know why I was thinking about him because I'm following this Amber Heard case with his ex-wife and it's ugly. Oh my God. Because wasn't she lying? I know we're supposed to believe women, but oh, I don't know. I think think someone took advantage of the Me Too movement and I actually think Johnny kind of took some physical abuse from her and was trying to keep it out of... Wow. Things got really bad, but when I talk about sax, what I was blown away with, so he's in this first episode, you know, he was the star of 21 Jump Street, where he played an undercover cop that would go into high schools and infiltrate criminals. 
And the beginning scene of it, when you're introduced to him, they show him just chilling out at home. And what is he doing? Playing the saxophone. <laughs> oh not, my God. not playing the guitar or a or the piano, both things that I know he plays. But like pretending to play the saxophone, I should say. Oh my it's god. It's so weird. Look it up. It exists. That is so weird. I don't know. He's been he's been on my mind. Does does Johnny no, play the sax? That's the weird <laughs> part about this. He does play the guitar. And he does play the piano. Johnny Depp was also very, very good friends with Tom Petty. Did you know that? I did not know that. When Johnny Depp, when Johnny Depp came into the whole Hollywood world, he was trying to be a musician. And Tom Petty see, said, you're too pretty. See, this is why I listen to your podcast, <laughs> Teresa. Because I come for the Gaga <laughs> and I find out that Tom Petty and Johnny Depp were friends. Well, That's the kind of stuff I need. Watch the, watch the video into the Great Wide Open. Because Johnny Depp is the movie star that oh, he plays the okay. movie star in it, and I always thought, oh, he just picked him because he's Johnny Depp. No, mm-hmm. no, they're best friends really for close. life. Got it. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Tom oh, Petty. Yes. He was a good man. Yes. He was a good man, Tom Petty. Mm. He was progressive. He loved people. An American boy. He was an yeah. American boy, but not in the bad way. No, no, in the good way. Isn't it horrible that we have to say that now? No, yeah, but well, it's mostly bad, and then when we say it, it means good. Like he wore a he, him and like mm-hmm. John Mellencamp, like wore like a flag on their bodies, but they were like working for the people, mm-hmm. not the. They knew what it actually meant. Not the of, shit yeah. that we got. We got some shit mm-hmm. now. Some shit. On the <laughs> podcast, because I will start crying. Okay, I gotta move through this album. All right, you guys, what? God, this fucking album's so good. What are your guys' thoughts? I know, I can't wait to hear what you're gonna ask. Because I love it, and at first I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna love it, but it just made my heart sing. Um, Sign from above with Elton. Oh Oh, my god, it's a masterpiece! Wow, it was. Yeah, it's, it it's was a blast off. Exciting to hear Elton John with her, and I know they performed together before, but like, but this is different. This is like she could have done like the Joanne's like style thing, where it's like now's the time for the <laughs> piano ballad, and we sing about unity with Elton right, right. John. But it's like like the second layer down from the club and then we get like this voice booming of elton like i just picture them as yeah do you know that like spacing around uh, level of mario kart rainbow row where they're like going around space like i just picture elton and gaga on different pianos (laughs) like on that racetrack like zooming around in space when I was, I was young, well, I think you just came up with the concept of the video. I hope. I hope. And it's those two and those two I and Mario videos. But yes. piano, <laughs> Mario Kart made of a grand piano. What were we thinking? I'm so into it. I speak of the yep. You speak of the devil. Oh, there he is. Yep. He likes chiming in. Well, no, no, it's girl. Or he hates. Well, him. jealousy, jealousy. Okay, I and, see. <laughs> Um, he saw the squirrel next door. There's a very specific squirrel that is 
getting his attention. God. I will say, I will say it was like the fourth time I listened to that song that I was like, oh my God, I am listening to the man I've listened to my entire life sing with the woman that I have devoted myself to. Like this actually happened in my lifetime and I am not worthy of this gift. And my question is, does she just sound good with everyone or is she strategically pairing her voice with people that she knows she's going to sound good. I think with. she should not sound good with Ari, but they made it work. Like, I think that she's just, I think Blood Pop did a good job of it. And I think Gaga knows how to kind of play the game. I mean, it's, but I'm, I, w- I really want to see Ari and her perform that live. Oh my God. Um, this is the problem. What, what we are missing out on right now mm-hmm. is all of these things that mm-hmm. should be happening which is her performing live at every every way humanly yeah. possible yeah. for for our enjoyment. It's all <laughs> about us. Um, but I mean, I think, I mean this this album's number one currently. This this album's doing very very well, mm-hmm. and I, I I don't I don't oh. think I think when this hopefully we get out of this this COVID nightmare at some point um because we do we are in desperate need of some of this live entertainment um with an audience with people appreciating her in this manner i mean i love the one Mm -hmm. world event which everybody listening to this you should have already watched that one world event but go back and watch highlights or go to my website and see some of the highlights have her her singing the damn prayer with Miss Celine Dion. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I would also recommend your podcast I, about that if people haven't heard it, because it is also golden. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> but although Miss Kate Atherton, our sweet friend, she she has pointed out that Yo-Yo Ma was not up to his best that day. And I would not have known that. <laughs> and I go, Kate. And she's like, no, my parents, who are professional musicians, they confirmed it as well. So, I mean, I do not have that ear of sophistication. No, I just think, okay, he was perfect. Well, he, he looks like he was having a pretty great time. And he seemed happy with what he was doing. <laughs> so I assumed everything was fine. Um, I really, really, even though this uh, album does not, they're calling this like the anti-ballad album. I think 1,000 Doves. Oh, yeah. Is the, it's not a ballad, but there's some. Fun tonight mm-hmm. can be a ballad. I feel like we she's shown us yeah. that she can take any of her like dance floor hits and pump it out on a mm-hmm. piano and make it like sound oh, yeah. like a ballad. Absolutely. I mean, she could turn this whole album pr- in some weird way into ballads if she wanted mm-hmm. to. But I do think mm-hmm. that One Thousand Doves is it's beautiful. It's like her therapy on just. I mean, this whole mm-hmm. album is, as I said, just you know very contradictory in a way because you're pumping your body and she's, you know, singing about pain and many mm-hmm. of these songs, which yeah. just, it's not typical house music. No, and, but it's so cathartic. It's like, I, I love that therapy of like empathizing with her and shaking it out at the same time. It's really powerful. Well, and I, you know, I think I, I said, it's like, she knew this was happening, but, Gaga has been an activist and in the struggle and a human 
I mean, we're all humans, but like a true mm-hmm. human performer for so long and living that activated life, I would say, mm-hmm. in the best way possible, that none of this should surprise me. I just, I guess I'm just blown away by her ability to do this again in a different way. I just, yeah. how? I'm just how, like, yeah. how are you this good? And it's like, it's to me, it's kind of her like, oh, yeah, you remember, I'm still the queen of this. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to make you eat your porridge. Right. With <laughs> my vegan topping. <laughs> and you're going to like it. I don't know if she's a vegan. Something, is she a vegan? I don't think so. I don't think no. She is. She drinks, she smokes, and I'm pretty sure she eats whatever she yeah. wants. I I have heard that she quit smoking cigarettes after recording. Yeah, she said this that album, in the interview, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing, this is one thing I want to lift her up on is like, like the rollout. First of all, this album has been highly anticipated, and a lot of pressure has been put on Talk her about that to go back to a uh, pop yes. album. You know, like people have like. Her fans and her critics are all like, give us what we want. We want pop. And so there's been this pressure around the rollout of this album. And then just like every other person on the planet, her timeline was interrupted. And she had to navigate like rolling out this album amid like rampant leaks and like the fan base like being disappointed that it's being pushed out by like a month or so and like she managed to really like drop this album and release it just as the pandemic was becoming routine yeah. mm-hmm. and literally days before like complete widespread protest across america so like she understands that she has like this gigantic vehicle for messaging and she really is doing her best like i think we this album helps us see like the woman is only human she literally is just another human being Mm -hmm. trying to do Mm -hmm. a good job and and she's trying to like do her job with integrity Mm -hmm. um and and i just she's done such a good job already and it, it does suck that we can't get like the full rollout as it should be but for her to like release an album and then within days pivot her entire platform to uh-huh. racial justice and and like uh, just just continuing on like one step after another she does what has to be done mm-hmm. and then acknowledges that there's another job for her to mm-hmm. do um and i just i i love whenever she puts on her business glasses yes. <laughs> it says i'm here to talk to the nation. Oh, and I'm listening. Um, I'm listening to every word because she's so mm-hmm. intelligent. She's so informed. You can tell she's listened to the conversations. She's educated herself and she keeps on learning. Like every mm-hmm. one of us needs to keep on learning mm-hmm. and listening. Like she is an example out there, white people. If you mm-hmm. need a superstar to be an example for you, which you shouldn't, uh, look to Lady Gaga because she's doing it right. Yeah. And she did it. She, she, yeah. You're right, Mackenzie. She found a way. I think this was very difficult for artists of like, oh, God, I have this P 
piece of art, but it's not like there's any good time to release this. And I'm going to get a pressure from all of these people to release this now. Mm-hmm. I can't perform with it. And I guess really the, the, there's really no good time in this day and age. We do not know if frogs are going to start <laughs> pelting us tomorrow. Yeah. Anything yeah. right now is possible, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're all on high alert to be aware. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's the, um, to me, she's like this oracle of love yeah. wrapped in, wrapped right now into this kind of, you know, tricky little pop album that is a lot more than a pop album. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, talk about an evolution. I mean, 12 years since the fame. And it's a different, it's a definitely a different grown up. I've been, Yeah. I just haven't been through some things, but you've been through some things. I think it's the product of being constantly present and the real risk she's taking is being present and not um, projecting out from a place that she's in right now, from a place that she should be in right now, based on like the timeline of pop. She doesn't kind of look to the future and see like, what are people going to expect? She just lives in the moment and does what she's doing now. And I think we've gotten some of the most authentic art out of her because of it. And it's really just, that's the real risk in my opinion. Yeah. Is like being like completely right now, what you're feeling, that's what I'm going to put on a page. And that's why she can write a song in five seconds. Cause she's been thinking about those thoughts. She's been thinking the thoughts presently mm-hmm. for so long. And then when she, sits down and doodles on a napkin, she has a pop hit because kind of like we were saying earlier, like it doesn't really matter. You can't calculate perfection. You just have to live in the moment. That's the perfection that she's kind of professing about. And it's mind blowing. It's revolutionary. And here's the thing. I mean, I even, I know the other day, Mackenzie, you were listening, you were doing a re-listen to um, Stars Born soundtrack, which is amazing. And even the most, um, in the journey of Allie in the movie, even when she has her quote unquote silliest songs, like, <laughs> why'd you yep. hair, body, hair face. body face? I still am in love with that, those songs too. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's one of those things that really shows the magic that she is. Because even in that movie, I'm like, I know this is, supposed to be this ridiculous sellout sellout portion well at least in the mind of you know the Bradley Cooper Bradley Cooper <laughs> you know that that broken up man but you still are cheering for her and I think that's something about it, it, her regardless of whatever form she takes whether she's performing live whether she's putting out an album whether she's using her power as an activist you're rooting for her you want Mm -hmm. her to i do i only want success for this person at all Mm -hmm. times also with the star is born like she just as lady gaga in her music she's shown us that she's the master of the power ballad but then also like we know like her fans know what when she's getting silly or when she's like being a little tongue in cheek mm-hmm. and 
that's the all of it is present in the stars born soundtrack like we get the most powerful ballads and the goofiest pop songs and it still feels authentic gaga even Mm -hmm. though it's written from like the perspective of this fictional character I mean, why do you and show I, up I love that. jeans? Why do you show up there here in the, those jeans? <laughs> <laughs> I love that as a connection to the older Star is Born, too, because yeah. here we have a woman who is, like, Judy was handed this material, essentially, and Barbara, I assume, the same. And now Gaga has this chance to help tell the story of this woman that she is in so many ways. And I just think that that's, like you're saying, like, we got a Judy comedy bit we got a judy sob ballad and then now we get that kind of same pattern here but we're just seeing it through i don't know our new generation's eyes i hope that they continue to make that movie in the future and oh yeah pass the torch to another person you know in 20 years 30 years that deserves it by far this in the judy one in my mind has the oh absolutely um correlations and because oh, yeah. um, I don't mind the Streisand one, but there is, I think Babs is a great actress, but the vulnerability with Judy and the vulnerability with Stephanie Germanata is resonant mm-hmm. in both of those movies. And it's definitely missing in the Streisand one because she was definitely she was performing yeah. that role. Yeah, so she that that's. I, I always thought about that with that movie. So here's my question to kind of round out the conversation. Where, what do you next want? What is your dream mm. of your next oh, thing that you I want have a dream. Gaga? I have do? a dream. You Mackenzie, <laughs> you want to go? Okay. I, I need her to get that EGOT. Yes. I need her to be Ava Perone <laughs> yes. in Evita. Listen, I can't give another dream because that is my dream, Yeah, too. that's so my dream. I saying. think if we collectively manifest yeah. that, Madonna will... Explode. Explode. <laughs> we, have all, we have all been... I have been secreting this into the universe yes. for the last Saint five... St. Oprah, please help us make this happen. Years. I, I mean, I... My God, she's the perfect age to do this. I think, mm-hmm. and I think Queen Patty Lapone would approve. I think so too. And I think with the whole "A Star Is Born" moment that we shared with her, it it really is clear that she is happiest when she's performing. Mm-hmm. It's it's not so much about getting a check with an album or, you know, being on the Grammys or whatever or winning a bunch of awards. I think when when she is recognized as somebody who can really pull it off and she has like such a theater background too. I think acting is such a facet of like what her concerts are and I think it not just will it fulfill my big wet dream for Lady Gaga but I think it really would make her happy because Mm -hmm. she she loves a challenge and she wants she kind of does want like the next thing like she's always on to like the next different thing and I think it would really fulfill her and and make her happy in a way and she could be back in New York and just just like settle with her family for a little bit Mm -hmm. and have some I mean Broadway schedule is 
fucking crazy, crazy. But, yeah. but some semblance of like routine in New York for her would be so amazing. And I would pay every dollar I mm-hmm. made for the rest of my yes. life to go see Evita with Lady Gaga. Yeah. I mean, I need her stepping onto the Casa Rosado. I need <laughs> I know, her I need addressing it. us, please. <laughs> I need the arms. I, need- I want her crying six days a week. And I need her. I need her. <laughs> Haven't need- you been listening to her, Mackenzie? <laughs> a new Argentina with. Holy shit. It would be I'm perfect timing, too, because of Argentina right now. Yes. Like, and like the white woman not knowing what to do and trying to be a savior. And like, it would just all be so perfect. Yeah. We, this, we're, we need to continue to secret this into the yes. universe. And Please, if anybody audience. knows, um, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber, I'm sure he could pull some strings. Well, Elton must know him. He does. They're Brits. He does know him. It's a tiny island. He knows him. <laughs> but you know what? Let's face it, guys. I don't trust the man. After... <laughs> I know you don't. And you know we. You know why I don't trust him, even though that that Royal Philharmonic performance of a couple years ago, a Phantom, was a couple years ago that they showed on YouTube for free. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, Sir Andrew Lloyd. You're so nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, he really still... made himself look like a hero. On the that era one. bogus, amazing. Every oh, single person so got to do an encore. They brought out every damn phantom, but then he brought out that damn Sarah Brightman. <laughs> I mean, if he had his druthers, he'd put a blonde wig on that day. <laughs> he was foaming at the mouth oh, watching he's her go. So in love with her still. Salivating. I'm Dripping in sweat. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, anyone listening, if you have not watched this debacle that I will call yes. it. It's not the full performance, but it's at the end. It's the, really the treat at the end. It's, of it, the is, sh- it is the treat at the end. You also get, and I have mentioned this before, you also get like five phantoms. <laughs> Every phantom. Singing over each other. <laughs> while Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber sweats in the corner waiting for his beloved Sarah Brightman to come out. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, what a moment. I, I, none of us were expecting it. We were like, wow, what a wonderful and fun performance of Phantom of the Opera. Oh look. People are coming out. Wait, <laughs> what? And then, like forty-five minutes later, we were all just stunned in our jaw drops. Like yes. this is something that happened to us without yeah. our consent. Well, the current Christine was probably, you know, in ropes backstage, not allowed to leave <laughs> because that beauty can't be on the same stage with, you know, no. goddess Brightman. Brightman. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I've, he's, this woman's done nothing to me. I don't know why I have so much anger towards her. It's really to Andrew I, I pity Sarah Brightman. Yeah, she's like Christine in so many ways. Um, to Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom. In high school, I had a theology teacher who was so painfully closeted and <laughs> like loved the Pope more than anything. And the only thing what? he loved more than the Pope was Sarah Brightman and he had like a Sarah wow. Brightman coffee mug that was like shaped like her in a big gown no yes and he would drink his coffee out of it and I was like I'm not I'm not saying his name but I was like Mr. you know who 
what why 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 do you do this to us <laughs> well i did wow. not realize that sarah brightman before i don't know how many years before or i, I don't know if she was doing this as a project while she was pers- pursuing like broadway dreams but she was in this very bizarre disco group oh yeah i'll i'll put the clip on on the website um but it is it's uncomfortable. That's the only word. Um, I think any time they, <laughs> they put, there's something about her that I find extremely unsexual and they try to make her sexy in this. And she did have an album in the mid nineties where she paired with like an electronica group. I sort of remember Do you that. Remember? I sort of remember that. Yes. And she was, she did a whole tour of it and yes. like she was carried around by, you know, hot gay men um <laughs> who like you know fanned her and stuff which is maybe Mackenzie's religion teacher <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was in the, the theology <laughs> teacher he was carrying around a picture of the Pope yeah and planning Sarah Brightman but she um my brother always says Sarah Brightman Kate Bush are they the same person like is it like a, <laughs> is it like a Danny and Kylie Minogue thing and you know what I haven't seen either one of them you never see them At together. At the same time, right. I see. So it's like Leslie Jordan and Dolly Parton. Have you heard that? What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Leslie Jordan posted something on his Instagram that was like, guys, I've got to come out to you. I've actually been Dolly Parton this whole time. I've always wanted big puppies. That makes sense. That would. Be- that is too funny. Well, he's got a heart of gold just like she does, so. That would make sense. Yeah. Mm. Well, listen, an guys. He, he is an angel. Thank you all so Thank much. you. This was so Thank much you, fun. Teresa. Thank you. I, I look forward to listening to your podcast just as much as I look forward to being on it. So oh, I you cannot wait. Thank you so much. And hopefully the next time we see each other, we can all, I don't kiss know. Kiss and hug. Kiss and hug and visit Chromatica together. I mean, I'm going to visit Chromatica tonight for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, now I have to. Me and Dexter. Even if he doesn't want to, he has no choice anymore. Oh, he Dexter. Oh, he's sleeping. He just gave me a dirty look. Okay. Dexter, we're going to play a little little bit of Enigma for you. Yeah, he's excited. Thank you again to Mackenzie Merriman and Devin Turchin for joining me today for this special Chromatica-themed episode. Apologies for a little bit of that technological glip that happened where you heard nothing, but Devin and I were talking about Mackenzie's robotic voice. We had a little bit of a snafu, but to be quite honest, I didn't think it was worth me going back and trying to find it and clean it up. I'm not that great with that technical part quite yet. So um, I think this was a well-needed episode, a little bit of joy in some people's lives. Uh, Check out this album. Absolutely. It is a fucking bop. It is a good time and we need a little bit of a good time right now. Kind of sucks. We can't go out getting dancy and sweaty with it yet but well I guess we're gonna have to just do that 
in the privacy of our homes. Um, make sure to check out the Pop Culture Persephone website at popcultureperseephone, all one word, dot com. There you will find lots of extra content, including links to the Chromatica album via Spotify, if you have a Spotify membership. Um, there's also quite a few video links, extra content. I put in a lot of extra gossip links, um, a link to all of the past episodes. So you can go there and you can listen to the past episodes directly from there. You can also, if you're listening now, you're either probably listening from um, iTunes, Anchor, or Google, but you can always listen to all of the episodes there. Also, on the type top, top right hand, there's an area called PCP Picks. You want to click on that. You can learn a little bit about my guest, my contributors, and some extra content there. Uh, most importantly, Devin is the editor of an online, an online um, magazine, both there's also an analog component to it. It's more of an experience. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's pretty wonderful. It's called Paranoia. There is a link to Paranoia there as well, so you can check out the latest um, the latest copy and some back copies. So check that out. Support the arts. And until next time, why don't you just go and take a little visit to Chromatica today. Give yourself that gift. Have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you soon. Now I'm undressing Unwrap power candy